0: Welcome to the NPFCC Messages Podcast. This podcast is one in a series on prayer, where we explore how prayer is the communication that keeps us connected, empowered, and growing in our relationship with God. Our hope is that this series helps you view and practice prayer in a brand new way, we also want to point you to a supplemental resource designed specifically for your life group to process this together. So visit practicingtheway.org prayer to run this prayer practice. Again, that's practicingtheway.org prayer. We hope this message blesses you.
1: Maybe you heard the story about uh, the fact that there was a, a pastor and a New York ca- taxi cab driver, and they happened to die on the same day. And they both show up uh, at the pearly gates. And St. Peter looks at the taxi cab driver. He looks at him. He says, hey, Joe. You know, and he's all excited to see him. Joe's a little taken back that he even knows his name. And and he says, hey, he goes, it is so great to see you. Well done. Here's your robe. And he hands him this really finely decorated robe. It looks really beautiful. He's all, come on in. Everybody's just looking forward to, to meeting you. And then the pastor who is in line says, wow, that was pretty awesome. I wonder what's going to happen, you know, for me. And the pastor sets up and the angel looks at him and he says, now, what's your name? He says, oh, well, well, I'm, 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 I'm Pastor Bob Smith. And, you know, I've been a pastor for, you know, like 40 years and everything else. And he goes, oh, oh, yeah. Okay. I see your name here. And then they, they give him this plain kind of cotton robe. And the, Bob looks at the taxi cab driver's road and he looks at his robe and and he looks back at St. Peter and he says, so, so what gives here? Like, what happened? And, and so the St. Peter replies to him and he says, well, he says, you know, while you were preaching down there on earth, people were sleeping, but while he was driving, people were praying. <laughs> so it doesn't matter who you are, you can help people grow in their walk with the Lord and especially when it comes to prayer over the last four weeks we've been talking about prayer we've been learning that that prayer is about relationship with our heavenly father we've been learning about what it means to talk to God to be talk with him to listen how's the listening going everybody doing good yeah, and then we've been talking, last week we talked about just being with God and how transformative that is for his life because, as, as Devin mentioned earlier, prayer is not just about, you know, getting things that we need and making sure we've got God's attention. It is God forming us and building relationship with us, and that's really what prayer is all about. So over the last four weeks, we've been working on it, you know, we we had our, we started out with the five minute prayers, morning, evening, then we bumped it up to 10 because, you know, we wanted to listen as much as we were praying. How many, anybody, how many still doing that? Just just be just be honest, I want to see how we're doing, okay? Yeah, well, you, look, if, if you kind of slowed down a little bit or you've been forgetting, just jump back in there. You can go on our website, there's a, a prayer resource page where you can get lots of great stuff. Just want to encourage you, like keep working at it, keep working at it, because it's something that we need to continually be working at. So now, as we've been talking about prayer, so how many of you believe in the power of prayer? You guys believe? Okay, there we go. We believe in it. All right, that's good. Um, how many of you, um, even though you believe in the power of prayer, you would say that you could and should pray with more consistently consistency and more faith? How many of you would say that as well? Right? Okay. Yeah. Which I think is always very interesting. We know that we have access To approach God's throne of grace with boldness, Hebrews says, and we know that God hears and He answers our prayers, yet we would all say we don't do it enough. That we aren't consistent enough. That we, that we should pray with more faith. And to be honest, I, I think so often we approach, um, we approach prayer a little bit like we approach, um, flossing. (laughs) Right? It, do, we have, do we have any like really good flossers in the room? Okay, we got a few of you. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, 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 good. How many of you are just horrible flossers? Like you just like, yeah. You know, I, I mean, it's one of those things because, because here's, here's kind of how it works. I, I know for me is um, about a week before I'm supposed to go to the dentist, I start flossing. Anybody else in my camp? Right? And and, and I, I start flossing as, you know, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to get it clean. And here's what's really crazy. I'm trying to get it clean before I go get a cleaning, right? And what I'm really trying to do is I'm trying not to get scolded by the dental hygienist, right? Who every time, no matter what, because when I go in there, because I've only been doing a week, my gums are all like swollen up and everything's going on. Anybody, you know what I'm talking about, Right? <clears throat> And then we go to the dentist, we get them all cleaned, and the you know hygienist, I mean, we don't fool her, right? And the the dental hygienist looks at us and says, okay, now make sure you floss daily, right? And we do for a day or two. (laughs) And then we wait until right before we go back, right? Isn't that kind of how it works? I, I think it's like we have all these great intentions, we know we're supposed to, we actually know it's really good for us. But then we don't do it, and then we, (coughs) excuse me, and then we suffer the consequences of the lack of our consistency. And I think that for a lot of us, that's just kind of how our, our prayer life goes, is, is we start off strong, you know, and, and honestly, this is what I am really praying does not happen as we wrap up a series on prayer. Because right now, you know, I've been having some great conversations with people. People, you know, are saying like, Oh man, I'm working on it. And yes, that like 10 minutes, that extra five minutes that you tacked on. We're listening. That's kind of hard to do. Um, and if you haven't been with us as maybe this is your first week, you, you can go back and listen to the, you know, uh, the podcast or you can get it online on our, on our website. Just encourage you to kind of do that. And maybe some of you need to go back to, you know, sermon number one. And and listen again, or just start with the five minute thing again, just keep going, keep moving. But it's something that we constantly have to work at. Because the reality is, 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 here's our definition, our working definition throughout this series on prayer has been this. Prayer is a communication that keeps us connected, empowered, and growing in our relationship with God. Prayer is the communication that keeps us connected, empowered, and growing in our relationship with God. And in that, like we said earlier, it helps form who we are and form our relationship with Him. The reality is, without regular times of prayer, you will not stay connected to Jesus. And and when things happen, you'll panic, right? And you'll go, oh man, I need to pray. Uh, And that's that's again that 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 doesn't make you bad that just makes you normal And and that's just how most of us work with this But we want to get more and more consistent so we can stay connected to jesus Not just when we need something or not just when something happens But we want to stay connected to him on a moment-by-moment Basis And that's why today we're going to talk about what it what it really looks like to pray without ceasing I mean so And how many of you would like to experience more spiritual power in your life? Anybody? Yeah, a little bit more? Yeah? So the the power of your spiritual life will not surpass your prayer life. It it, it just won't happen. You aren't going to get the, you know, you aren't going to be empowered if you're not connected and you're not praying. You know, it's kind of like that extension cord, right? If it's not plugged in, if it doesn't stay connected, you won't experience the power that God has for you to live. And, and the Bible tells us God didn't give us a spirit of timidity. He didn't give us a spirit of weakness. He gave us a spirit of power and of a sound mind. And those are the things that we get when we stay connected in prayer. And you will only grow in your relationship with God Um, as you grow in your prayer life. I really have become to believe through this that, that prayer is one of these great barometers of our faith. Like, so how goes your, your, your prayer life is how goes, is how goes your relationship with God. And you only grow when we're in prayer. Now, part of the Lord's prayer, as we mentioned earlier and as we sung about, says, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. Now in 1 Thessalonians 5:16 to 18, it tells us rejoice always, pray continually, right? And that's, what we're going to talk about that in some of your translations, it says pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Did you catch that? Part of the Lord's prayer is, let your will be done. Well, what is the will? What is God's will? Well, there's a few places in the Bible that specifically say, this is God's will for you, and this is one of those spots where he says, hey, rejoice always, pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you. God's will for us is that we would pray continually. Praying continually or praying without ceasing is God's will for us. And having an ongoing conversation with God where we are tuned in to the Holy Spirit who is living within us and is part of everything we do. I mean, that's the amazing thing, is that God, you know, God tells us, hey, stay in step with the Spirit. The reality is, is the Holy Spirit resides in the life of the believer, And it tells us that he's going to teach us, that he's going to convict us, that he's going to help us remember uh, God's word. He's going to help empower us. He's going to gift us for service. He's going to do all these things. And we just need to stay connected with him. And I'm convinced that it's in prayer that we really, really make that deep connection with God and the power of God's spirit that is already active within us. It's that constant inner conversation that we're having, including God in every single thing that we do. Not just what you need done, but everything that you do, every decision, every moment, all the things that you're just including God in everything that's happening, and that you are experiencing life together with him. So, so how do we move from maybe infrequent or emergency praying to praying without ceasing. Well, Philippians chapter four, verses six through eight, we talk about a lot. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And and that word everything in in the Greek language, it means everything, right? Pretty, pretty, uh, pretty astounding, right? Like, it's like pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for what He's done. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. How how many of you need peace this morning? Yeah, if you need peace this morning, it's there for you. God is waiting to deliver, right? It's just that, like, how do we do that? Well, we don't worry. We pray about everything. We tell him what we need. We thank him for what he's done. We rejoice always. We pray continually, right, so that we can experience Him. So I, I'm going to give you a couple ways. So so how do we how do we move to this place where we're praying all the time? We're praying without ceasing. We're praying continually. Well, the first thing I, I think that we need is we need to prioritize prayer, right? I, I mean, we we call, we all would say yes that that makes sense. Yes, we should pri- prioritize prayer. So the reality is you you don't just get up whenever you feel like it. Most days, right? There's things that you have to do. Most of you have to, you know, get to work or you have to get up because, well, somebody's got to feed the kids or something like that. Um, You don't show up for work just whenever you feel like it. Uh, uh, Most of you. I mean, I I know that, you know, freelancing is quite a thing these days and you can kind of do whatever you want, but for most of us, there's a schedule, right? You don't get to just do it whenever you feel like it. If, If you're married, you don't only talk to your spouse when you need something, right? Um, yeah, I, or maybe you do, and maybe that's the problem. <laughs> if you're a parent, you don't just feed the kids whenever you get around to it, right? I mean, they make sure of that. You, you do these things because they are priorities. They're things that just need to get done, right? Right? In fact, they've moved past that thing where you don't even often think about, you just like do it because it's important and those things have to get done. You see, the reality is we schedule and plan for what is most important to us. They become part of the routines of our life. We build routines around those things that we prioritize and we find time to do the things that are most important to us. So the reality is, is if our prayer life is lacking, well, we look at it and we say, yes, we believe in it. Yes, we, we trust in the power of it. Yes, we, but the question is, is has it become a priority? And I would say, man, schedule it. We talked about that in the very first week. Like if, if you want to prioritize it, then get it on the schedule. Make sure that you spend, that's why we, we spent a bunch of time at the beginning just building that foundation where it's like, hey, try morning and evening, right, a prayer. Just like get it on the schedule. I mean, think about the most important things coming up in your life. Man, they get, the, the further, the more important they are, the, the more room you give them on the schedule. Like I, I remember, you know, planning, if you're planning a vacation, right, you're like, that's important, you get it on the schedule way ahead of time, right? I, man, I remember in our house, we you know, with $4, we, we had four weddings, right? We we didn't just wait till the week before, you know? We, I mean, you get that thing on the schedule as far out as you can, and then you're just constantly working towards it. So the things that are most important, we get on the schedule. So the reality is, is, hey, get it on the schedule. Like, make time, set, set an alarm. You know, I, I got to tell you, it, it, that's what's been working for me. Every evening, ten o'clock, my phone goes off, and it tells me that if I have not already done it, that I need to pray. And you know what? There's some some nights where I'm like, "Okay, I got it. I'm, 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 you know, I I was good today. I got it." And then there's a lot of times where I'm like, "Oh man, yeah, I totally forgot." And if you're there with me, then you know what? Just you keep moving. You keep moving, and and you know what? It's not bad to have to be reminded. It's not bad that you have to have something on your schedule. You know, it just means it's important. And as you learn and you grow, you just got to get it on your calendar, get it in your schedule that you will spend time with God. Um, And that's why we've been encouraging you, make sure that you're developing a daily rhythm of prayer to practice some morning and evening prayer times, right? So those are just the morning and evening uh, things. Now, we want, we want to move towards this constant prayer. Last week, we learned how spending time just being in God's presence in contemplation can rewire our brains and help our mood, give us peace, and help us grow even in compassion to other people. But the goal isn't just behavior modification. The goal of prayer is relationship with God. Right? It, 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 it's not just to go, okay, like, I, I, I've got more peace. It's like, no, to, to know God who will give you more peace. The goal of prayer is relationship with our Heavenly Father. And, and as we, as I was studying this week, I, I came across another article that, um, that says this, the most important thoughts for forming brain function are the first thoughts that we begin our day with and the last thing that we think about before we go to bed. Like, th- those are those are crucial, right? And um, John Mark Comer, who Devin quoted earlier, he, he, he was talking about this and said, hey, the reality is we live in a culture where the first thing that we look at um, in the morning is our calendar or the news or social media. And we end our day with Netflix and Instagram Reels and all this other stuff. I mean, these are the things that are forming our thought life and our brain development. These are the things, the parents who, who? if your kids are on those things, and every morning they're jumping on and they're checking everything, these are the things that are forming our brain function. Lord, we need to pray. And that's why this is so important, that, that the, first step, the first thoughts that we have each and every day should be thoughts about our Heavenly Father as we spend time just praising him for another day, praising him for who he is, praising him that we get to be in relationship with him. It is so important that we start that way. And and then I would say, then as we ask him to be with us as we go throughout our day, as I I started looking deeper into all of this, I discovered that um, many, many miracles in the Bible, this is kind of interesting, many miracles in the Bible um, happened um associated with prayer times the the jews had three prayer times a day morning afternoon and evening and a lot of these miraculous things wherever they give a time they all seem to happen at a prayer time it was really interesting in first kings 18 one of my favorite stories in the bible with elijah and he you know he's uh, fighting the prophets of baal and they're up on the mountain and he puts the altar out and then he says hey um he says, you know, soak that thing. And then he prays to God. And it says at 3 o'clock, right, which was the afternoon prayer, it says at 3 p.m., the fire came down and consumed, not just the sacrifice, but the whole altar. In Daniel chapter 9, it was at 3 p.m. while Daniel was praying that the angel Gabriel came to him. In Acts chapter 2, and it's funny, I didn't even remember that they gave it to In Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost, um, the Holy Spirit came during the time of morning prayer at 9 a.m. It, then, the, in Acts chapter 3, Peter and John are going to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 p.m., and they healed this crippled man. Now, they got in a lot of trouble and thrown into jail, too, but, you know, some great things happen In Acts chapter 10, uh, Cornelius, he has a vision at 3 p.m. to send Peter, send for Peter, and then the gospel spreads to all the Gentile world. It's pretty amazing. I'm I i, I I'm not telling you, you know, you've got to pray at nine and you've got to pray at three, you've got to pray at certain times. I'm just saying, I just don't think there's a coincidence between the timing of major miraculous movements of God and the fact that they happen during regularly scheduled prayer times. And so I just want to encourage you, like, have times when you regularly schedule this prayer. And, and you know, I wonder how much that we're missing out on when we don't prioritize and schedule prayer. So keep working on consistently praying each morning, each evening, and, and keep using something, you know, we we've been using the pray model. P for praise, make sure you praise him. R for repent. A for ask, Y for yield. And use a model, if that doesn't work for you, use a different model. Spend time talking to God and also listening and just being with him. Now another thing that's gonna help us work on, uh, on praying continually is to pray proactively. Okay, first we, we prioritize, make it a priority, make sure that you've got times where you do it and then be proactive in your prayer. I think so many of us, pray in response to things. And again, not bad, right? It's not bad to pray in response to what's happening in your life. We should do that, okay? But most of us pray when something happens, when we're in trouble, when there's really a need. I, I love the story about the little boy. His dad came in and he said, hey, son, have you said your prayers tonight? And the little son looked at him and says, no, sir, I was good today. <laughs> right? Right? So it's like we only pray when when we're bad, when we're in trouble, when something happens. What, What if instead of praying that God helps fix the situation you find yourself in, what if you prayed something like this? Dear Lord, help me not to do something stupid in the next 10 minutes that I'm going to spend the next 10 years digging out of. Right? I mean, what if you prayed like that? What, what what if you prayed and just said, hey, Lord, I'm I'm facing this thing, or hey, I've got this temptation or I've got this decision or whatever, and you stopped right there and you prayed and you said, Hey God, could you help me right now? Make the right decision now so I don't have to dig out of it later. Pray proactively. Don't wait until you find yourself underwater somewhere going like, Lord, like help. Involve him on the front end. I just think we need to pray, involve God way earlier in the process. Instead of praying that the Lord would deliver you from all the bad decisions you made all week, what if you prayed every morning that God would give you wisdom in your decision-making that day? The Bible says he wants to do that. The Bible says he wants to. We just have to invite him in. James 1, verse 5 says, if you need wisdom... Ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. It's like God's just waiting to give you wisdom. God's just waiting to engage in the decisions that you make every single day. He's just waiting for you to include him into the process and say, yeah, I'm I'm there. I'm there at the beginning, right? We don't have to just pull him in at the end. Parents, man, I just can't encourage you enough. Pray every morning for your children, no matter what their schooling situation, pray for their protection, pray for their friendships. Do you know how crucial their friendships are? Pray that God would help, you know, form their friendships. Pray for their, their, their teachers. I mean, think about that. I mean, they are listening to teachers often more times, more time during the day than they're listening to you. I mean, pray for their teachers. Pray for anyone who will have influence over them. And don't wait until they're hanging out with the wrong friends or they come home telling you how they're learning the, you know, the latest social agenda or something like that. Just like start out in prayer. Pray proactively. Get those kids covered in prayer. And while we're talking about praying proactively, it's never too early. To start praying for your child's future, for their future spouse even. And let me tell you, it works. Start early. Pray. Cover them in prayer. Pray proactively. I think of all the decisions, um, think of all the decisions you'll need to make every day. Ask God to fill you with wisdom that you might make the right choices. And and then as you go through your day, another way to just be praying continually, any decision that pops up, here's the, this is kind of the hard part. We think that we're pretty well qualified to handle our lives, right? And we only call God in on the big stuff, right? It's like, okay, yeah, it's like, okay, you know, I got to decide these. What, What if... What if you spent time every day just saying, "Hey, I'm I'm going to include God in every decision, in every decision that I make," and, and you do what, what I like to call, you have a divine pause. I think in our in our hurried life, this is one thing that can really help us, help calm us, help slow us down. Um, it might make the people around you crazy because we live in a world where, come on, let's face it. If the guy in front of me on the freeway is not driving the speed limit, I am not happy, right? He needs to speed up. That's the world we live in, right? And and it even goes with other things in life, man. If things aren't happening as fast, if that text doesn't come back to me as fast as I want it to, you know, if I don't get that reply when I need it, if that bank, if that money doesn't get deposited when I want it, fast enough, fast enough, fast enough, right? But what if we could take a deep breath, a divine pause to include God in on every decision? What if you just took a moment and said, hey, Holy Spirit that is living inside of me and wants to help direct my path, help me as I make this decision. As you do that, it it, it will become easier and easier, and and those pauses will be short, and and sometimes you're going to get a big pause. It's like, you know, and if we're listening well, you might get a no. Trust it. But what if we included God in every choice that we make? I mean, remember, remember to pray that God will keep you from temptation. Don't wait until you're neck deep in it. Start praying. I mean, when you, when you've got a struggle, when you've got, you know, a a, a habit, you know, in your life that you struggle with, man, identify that. And man, you got to take that to prayer. I mean, there are some things that only happen through prayer. There are some things in our life. There are some, you know, addictions. There's some demonic um, activity. There's some strongholds in our life that will only be taken care of through prayer. In fact, in the book of Mark, in chapter nine, there was a story of how um, uh, Jesus had sent out the disciples. And he says, "Hey, go out and and heal people, cast out demons, and stuff." And and there was this guy, and he has a son who was being tormented by a demon and, and it was making him so he couldn't speak, but it was also causing him to have all these convulsions and things were happening. And, um, the, the guys come back to Jesus and they say, hey, um, the, the guy comes to Jesus and says, hey, your, your, your followers, they, they came to town and, you know, they, they tried to cast out this demon, but they couldn't do it. And, and Jesus, Jesus looks at these guys, at the disciples. He says, Oh, man, you know, first, you know, you unbelieving generation. And then he looks at them and the disciples say, Jesus, yeah, why couldn't we do that? Why couldn't we get rid of that demon in that person's life? And Jesus looks at them and he says, Oh, that kind? It only comes out with a lot of prayer. I was like, you know, they're probably going, Jesus, you should have told us that in the lesson time over here, right? But it was like, Hey, you know what? But prayer, Prayer is essential for getting rid of some of those things and some of those temptations in our lives. Pray proactive prayers. Get in front of the things that you struggle with. Get in front of the decisions you have to make because every day, what if every morning, I mean, if you're praying continually every morning and every decision you have to make, turn that over to God before you make the decision. Now, the other way to pray continually is by praying for others. And I gotta just—I could have just filled this up. I, I, there's stuff in the Bible. I mean, like I said, we're just scratching the surface on this. We pray. We could we could teach for hours on all the different things that the Bible tells us to pray for. But I, I'm just going to touch on four things I think are really important. Number one, um, as we pray for others, pray for people who are sick. How many of you got? How many of you had some sickness in your house over this last season? Yeah, anybody? Right. So so how did? here's the question that I have for you when and how did you include God in that? Yeah, you know, the big things, yeah. We're like, oh, big things, right? Yeah, we we jump in and and we pray for this. But what about the small things? Do we include God, you know, when when, when the kids just have a runny nose and when you know, when we got the cold and all those things, do we include God in the picture? Man, I got to tell you, I I I learned a lot. About this from our brothers and sisters in South America. Now, I think part of it is because they don't have the same kind of medical facilities. They don't have the same kind of, you know, they don't have, they don't have access to even medications and stuff the way that we do. But man, the minute something happens and the minute somebody is sick, they immediately turn to prayer. I immediately go to the medicine cabinet. Right? But what if in my decision making process, I'm including God and saying, Hey, God, you know, could, would you help me here and guide me to what is correct, what is right? And then take time that divine pause to listen to God and let him guide me in that process. You know, I, I would say that for the most part, we, we do pray regularly for people who are sick. I, I'd say even 50% of the prayer requests or better that we get here at church are are for people who have some form of illness, who are struggling with some kind of diagnosis and things like that, and we do that. But we need to do that in our own lives. Um, in James chapter 5, verses 13 to 16, it says, are any of you suffering hardships? You should Pray. Hi, right? okay, yes, you should pray. Are any of you happy? Sing songs of praise. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you've committed any sins, you'll be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power. And produces wonderful results. Prayer ought to be the first course of action when we're not feeling well, when the others around us are sick. You know, and we do this. If you are find yourself in a place where you need prayer, I mean, we our elders do this on a regular basis, where we go and pray for people. If that's something you need, just let us know, and are they are happy to gather around you and pray for you because we we don't think there's anything you know special about us or special about, you know, the oil that we use to anoint people with it, but we believe that obedience is the key. The Bible tells us to do it. So we do it. And so make sure that you're praying for those people in your life who are sick. Now, here's another one. And this, this is the part, um, well, I I was doing some research on this and then this really great book on prayer. If you want to dive in deep, uh, by Philip Yancey called Prayer Doesn't Make Any Difference. Um, he started talking about how they started doing some scientific research on the power of prayer to heal. And I thought this was really great. Um, they actually did this thing, um, which I kind of thought was funny. Um, it says, researchers applied the research techniques of double-blind studies to measure the effect of prayer on health. Now, check this out. Volunteers agreed to pray for one set of patients, but not the other. I was like, what? This is crazy. Like, who does that? Right? Um, I, 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 won't tell you it happened in San Francisco, but I'm just saying. So just now, then it says this. It says, uh, so, um, then it says, uh, with neither patients nor the medical staff knowing who is being prayed for to the astonishment of the medical researchers, study after study indicated that even anonymous prayer, prayers organized for an experiment had a positive effect. In one of the more famous studies, volunteers prayed for half of 393 heart attack uh, patients at San Francisco's Memorial Hospital, along with the group that prayed, I'm sorry, among the group... Um, prayed for, that significantly fewer died, most healed faster, and most required a lot less medication, and none of them were put on life support, right? I mean, it was pretty amazing. I mean, it just goes to show that, I mean, prayer is powerful when it comes to healing, and we need to use that. Now, here's the, the next thing, the next group of people to pray for. This is going to stretch some of you. Um, Pray for your enemies. Pray for your enemies. Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 and 45 says this. You have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, I say, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. Uh, It's amazing. This is part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount some of the, this amazing teaching that Jesus has. And, and, and he's telling us, hey, yes, love our enemies. Then pray for those who are persecuting you. And these people are living in persecution, which we know very little about. But, but the word enemy here, it simply means someone who is in opposition to you. It doesn't mean that somebody who's attacking you or whatever. I mean, maybe those persecuting people, but it says, hey, somebody who's in opposition to you. Now think about the people who you disagree with. Maybe it's a work situation. Maybe it's a grumpy neighbor, right? Maybe it's somebody with a political difference than you. Maybe it's somebody who's mistreated you. And here's what I want to encourage you to do this morning, right? Because I think way too much of our time and energy is spent worrying about those people. Thinking about those people and everything they did wrong to you and everything that, you know, you did right and they did wrong and all that stuff. And we give way too much thought process into all of that stuff. And what I want to do, what I encourage you to do is just write their name down. Like right now. If you have the paper, right? You got a paper on you? Just like you? Like, if you think about it for just a minute, like, who's that person who on any given day you just have a little angst with? Somebody who just bugs you. Somebody who, like, if you go to the grocery store and they are walking down the aisle, you might turn and go down a different aisle. Like, or or, or who's, that person, who's that person that you know you don't want to have a conversation about politics or anything else with? Who is that person that just bugs the heck out of you? Write their name down and start praying for them. Because it says, love your enemies. You know, it, it's, it's hard to hate someone you're praying for. And if you consistently pray for that person who maybe you just disagree with, maybe it's that person who just rubs you the wrong way, just, if there's a person in your life like that, then pray, pray for them. I mean, thank God he demonstrated this to us because we were his enemies. Romans 5, 8 through 10 says this, but God showed us great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right with God's, in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. We were his enemies. And he forgave us. We were his enemies. And he sent his son to die for us. I love in that passage it says, it says, if you do this, he says, you will be acting as true children of your father in heaven. If you want to be truly a child of the Father, learn how to pray for your enemies. Uh, Here's another one that may be equally as hard for many of you. Pray for those in authority. In First Timothy 2, 1 through 4, it says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people, okay? That will keep you praying constantly, all right? Pray for all people. As you come in, as you bump into people, as you hear their stories, as you interact with people, just pray for people every, you know, that that's, and then ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. When's the last time you just like pause and gave thanks for the person who serves you coffee or the person that checks you out at the store or the person, you know, that, that's at work that maybe or somebody, what about your mail carrier, right? Yeah, pray for the mail carrier. Like, who are the people that, that serve you? Like, pray and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and, and to understand the truth. The, I'm sorry, understand the truth. The reality is, in, in this crazy time in our in our country, right, this crazy year where we've got elections and all that, we already see all the mudslinging, all the craziness, all that stuff. But the question is, is like it, it does not say pray for the people you want to be in authority. It says, pray for the people who are in authority, right? They they have impact on our lives. Pray for them. And and it's, it's, it's not like a suggestion. This is a command. It's like, pray for those people. And I really think it's important doesn't matter if you agree with them or not. We need to be people who pray and lift those people up for, up to the Lord. And man, our country, our leaders need prayer. Amen? The last one i are gonna cover really quickly here is this. Pray for the lost. In, in that passage in 1 Timothy, it says, this is good and pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and understand the truth this is our mission as a church, right? To help people find and follow Jesus. So so as as, as long as there are still people who um who are uh lost, there we're still somebody to pray for. Okay, and, and we're still in business, right? Because we're here to help people find and then follow Jesus. And, and I think it's so important for us to be praying for those who are lost. Um, in Matthew chapter 9, verses 37 and 38, um, Jesus said to his disciples, He says, The harvest is great, but the workers are few. Then he says this, So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his field. Now, something we talked about earlier is God wants to involve us, and sometimes we are the answer to that prayer. You may have the opportunity to be the answer to somebody else's prayer if you have the opportunity to share your faith with somebody else because there may be somebody who's been praying for that person for a long time. I mean, all of us have people that we love, that we care about, who do not know Jesus, right? How many of you, everybody's got one? Yeah? Man, you know what? maybe the biggest, most important prayer you pray is, Lord, put the right person, send a harvester, send somebody into that person's life who's going to be able to say the right thing in the right time in the right way so that that person's heart is open and they hear the gospel. And I just think that there's somebody out there praying that you and me will do the harvesting that God puts right in front of us. And so don't, don't, just constantly, as we're praying continually, be constantly looking for opportunities to share the gospel. And I want to encourage you, we've done this before here, um, be praying for people. I, I, I want to encourage you, we've done this before, um, you know, three o'clock was one of those prayer times um, in the early church. Um, and so I want to encourage you, always have at least three people you're praying for and set an alarm on your phone and you can even write their names in. It comes up with the alarm and just pray for your three at three o'clock, right? I know a couple people, we did this a couple years ago. Um, it actually backfired on me. I'll tell you a funny little story. It backfired on me because I was actually doing a wedding um, at three o'clock and a bunch of people from church were there and the phones all started going off. During the wedding, right? So, um, so if you're at a wedding, just silence the thing, okay? Just be helpful. But pray every day. Uh, great story about um, the evangelist uh, D.L. Moody. Um, back in the 1800s, this guy was amazing. Um, D.L. Moody was one of nine kids and he, uh, of a single mom. <clears throat> he had a fifth grade education and became a shoe, a, a shoe salesman in, in the Chicago area. Um but, but then at 17 years old um he found Jesus. And when he found Jesus, um he he just was reading through scripture and started learning about prayer. And D.L. Moody was known as one of the great evangelists of our of our country, uh, you know, in the world. And when people said, Well, what's your evangelism strategy? You know what he did? He, he said, I, my evangelism strategy is really simple. I pray. And he pulled out a sheet of paper and he had a hundred names written on that sheet of paper. A hundred names of people that he wanted to know Jesus. And when D.L. Moody died, 96 of those names had been crossed off the list. Because they had come to faith. But wait, not, don't wait. There's, it, it, there's more. It doesn't stop there. At Dale Moody's funeral, the four remaining people were there at the funeral and were so inspired by what people shared about Dale Moody's life that those four remaining people came up and gave their life to Jesus. So even in his death, those prayers still remained effective. Folks, we need to be people of prayer. We need to be people who are ushering people into the kingdom of God because we have the opportunity to partner with the great High King of Heaven, the Creator of the heavens and the earth, to change the eternity of people's lives by sharing the gospel and helping them come to find Jesus. As we kind of wrap this up, it's like I, I could—I I think I'd just go for for the whole year on prayer but I just want to end with this one verse from Romans 12, 12. It says this, Rejoice in your confident hope. Be patient in trouble. Keep on praying. Wherever you're at in your relationship with God, just keep on praying. Don't get down on yourself when you mess up or when you don't do it right. Or Just keep on praying. When you miss a morning or you miss an evening, don't don't worry about it. Don't let the devil tell you that you know. See, you're no good at this. Just keep on praying. Whatever's happening in your life, when you don't see the results that you think, you, when 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 your child who's gone off the reservation, you're just praying for him. Like, keep on praying. When that sickness just seems like it's just not going away, keep on praying. Because remember, it's not just about the results. It's about the relationship that we have with our Heavenly Father. It's about Him working in us and forming us to be His children so that we can experience the life that is truly life. So folks, just keep on praying. Amen. Amen. This morning, if you're here and, and you need to know Jesus, maybe maybe you're one of the lost this morning. We're glad you're here. We'd love to talk to you. I'm mean, in a couple of minutes, we're going to share in a baptism. And it's amazing to see how God works in people's lives. And if you would love prayer this morning, maybe this morning, maybe you wrote down uh, who that enemy in your life was, right? Maybe this morning as we sing, maybe you just take a minute and write where you're at, or if you need to come forward and just kneel and give that up to the Lord, or maybe you've got names of people who you know are lost and you just want to pray, then come forward. Maybe if you're, if you're in need of prayer, come I'm going to ask our, our elders and um, staff, any of them are here, to just come up front and be here to pray for you. But folks, no matter what happens, just keep on praying. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for the gift of prayer. Lord, you don't need us, but you desire to have us partner with you. And Father, would you keep, would you keep on working on us? Keep helping us learn to pray. Father, keep helping us to constantly be working on these rhythms of prayer that help us deepen our relationship with you. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In the powerful name of Jesus,
0: amen. Thank you for listening to the NPFCC Messages Podcast. If this message blessed you in any way, and you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit us online at npfcc.org. Again, that's npfcc.org. To support the ongoing work of our ministry, you can make a donation at npfcc.org. But be blessed, and may the Spirit empower you to actualize this message today.